Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we systematically discuss various fears that hinder our calling and freedom in order to walk progressively in faith. I'm your host, Jennifer Slattery. I'm an author, a speaker, and a ministry leader called to help God's children live the filled to overflowing beyond expectation life Jesus promised. You can find my website. You can find me on social media. Just Google my name. I would love to connect with you. I would love to link arms with you on this faith journey. And here's something I found. Christ purchased our freedom, absolutely, and he's given us everything we need to experience that freedom. But learning to live in it, that's a process, one that often involves pain as he shines his healing light on our deepest hurts and our most pervasive, paralyzing lies. Sometimes, most times, actually, it hurts to heal. And most, if not all of us, are quite pain adverse. We often go to great lengths to numb our pain, to deny it, or to distract ourselves from it because we're afraid. It takes courage to feel. It takes courage to heal. And my guest, Lee McKenzie, she totally understands. She's experienced more trauma than anyone I've encountered. And I speak to a lot of hurting women, but she's also steadily advancing toward freedom. So Lee is a trauma warrior and she's written a book. She seems so normal, real life anxiety in a real life church girl that's currently being reviewed for publication by major Christian publishers. She's worked for preaching pastors at a multi-site mega church doing biblical research to prepare sermons and sermon series. And she was recently published in April, 2020 in the upper room. And she's been a regular writer for Christian standard media magazines for articles communion, meditations, and Bible study discussion questions. She loves warm, creamy coffee, walking her two dogs, and spending time with her amazing husband and two kids traveling the world. She lives in Quincy and Chicago, Illinois, and you can find her blogging online at thechurchgirlwrites.com. And you can also join the conversation with her on Facebook, on Instagram. You can find her on YouTube and Twitter as The Church Girl Writes. Lee, God has done such amazing work in your life, and he's taken you on quite the journey. And I for sure want to hear about that. But first, if you can tell us a little of your backstory. My parents were divorced and the man my mom was next with when I was about three years old was a pedophile. He began grooming me, I believe, from the age of three to probably about the age of five, where I had my first traumatic event. I call it the Red Room event. And it was the place in the back of the tavern where he raped me. And I continued to live with him and them for all the way through my teenage years. I had no memories of any of this until last December in 2019. And the memories started to come back. 
So when that first, when you first started, like when the memory started coming and I imagine there was just an overwhelming, just the emotions had to have been pretty intense and overwhelming. Was that frightening for you? Oh my gosh. I think C.S. Lewis wrote it. He said something like, no one ever told me that grief felt so much like fear. I made a friend who is a psychologist and she had a Christian practice for many, many years. She was retired. And as we walked together, she started to say things like, it appears that you may have some symptoms of real childhood trauma. Have you ever considered trauma therapy? And she really suggested that with the anxiety, with the panic attacks, with the eating disorder, with the anger that seemed to go sideways, that maybe trauma therapy would be a really good idea for me. And so I began trauma therapy back in December of 2019. And I, I was, I had no idea what we would unlock, Jennifer. It was absolutely terrifying. Kind of walk us through that because some of our listeners might be in that place right now where they have these emotions that are coming up, that gut reaction. And maybe right now they're turning to drugs or to alcohol or to men or Netflix or Facebook or some other way to numb their emotions. What would you say to them? Opening the box has got to be one of the most frightening things. Knowing that there's something lurking like the dragon below the ice. There's like a dragon below the ice and it keeps knocking its head. But you don't want to look at the dragon just yet. But the ice keeps cracking and you keep pushing it down. The idea for me, me is that can we move you from becoming being this victim to moving toward maybe instead of victim, maybe you're wounded and you're actually, maybe we can move you closer. You're a warrior. And two, the numbing that you talk about, you know, we want to push that, those fears down. We don't want to feel that anymore. We've felt it before and it was too scary for us to even look it in the face. We look and see, can we become warriors there as well? Lee, I love your focus on progress, on growth, because that is what the Christian life is all about. It's learning to live in the victory that Christ purchased for us. It's learning to live as warriors. We might not feel like warriors in the moment, but Christ is bringing us to a place of continual freedom. And when I was growing up, I didn't go through what you did, but I did become adept at numbing. Anytime negative emotions would arise, I found all sorts of ways to distract myself from them and to to shove those emotions down. I used self-starvation, binging and purging, alcohol in massive quantities. And then later, when I started growing closer to Jesus, he made it clear I was not to rely on all of those ultimately self-defeating coping mechanisms anymore. I was to find healing in him. And originally, those emotions felt so tense for a couple reasons. One, God was allowing stuff to rise to the surface so that together we could deal with those things and he could bring me freedom. But then two, I had never learned 
how to deal with emotions. And so it all felt so overwhelming. There was one afternoon where I was really tempted to turn to some of my old coping mechanisms. And I sensed God in my spirit telling me what was going on, that I was learning to deal with these emotions, that I had basically stunted my emotional growth with all of my false ways of coping before. So this was a learning process. And through that, he told me that my emotions wouldn't always feel so overwhelming, that he was indeed bringing me to a place of freedom. What did this process look like for you? At the beginning, when I experienced my first PTSD intrusive event, I thought I was never going to come out of that memory. And I, I had no idea of the full picture of what had happened at that point. I had an overwhelming fear that I was going to die if I looked inside of this box. And you know, what I found was that the complete picture of what's happened now after almost a year, I'm surprised I'm still alive and functioning right now, honestly. And I was really thankful for my psychologist friend. She had prepped me with many coping mechanisms in what we call my emotional toolbox. And it really helped me to, to work through those fears but, oh, it was terrifying to look inside the box. And so you are married and you've got kids. Yes, was that part of your fear? What if I lose it and I lose my family and I lose my friends and I lose my job? And I, did you have any, were you ever afraid of those things? I think we've been, Christopher and I have been married for 27 years. I've known him for 30 and that has always been the greatest fear is that he would just leave me. For my children too, I never ever thought I would lose them maybe to the system. I just thought I would lose them emotionally. I would lose them. I'd lose their respect. And I think that's also, I kept trying to pretend like I had it all together. You know, on the outside, I look like, like this normal everyday person. I mean, if you were to look at me, you would have no idea that a lot of what I talk about in the book has happened. It's shocking, I think. But yet I kept trying to like put this outer facade on and it just, it started cracking. And it was terrifying to go through therapy thinking that my kids would lose respect for me or they would turn away from me inside the church, especially. I was really afraid that if people found out about this, about me, oh my gosh, they would turn away because it's just, the story is so shameful. And what I'm learning is that actually the message becomes the message. And that thing that I was so terrified of is actually the thing that showed me how good, how gracious how faithful God is. Lee, I love your perspective. So many of us are just trying to survive, just kind of managing, but God wants so much more for us. We were created for joy, for peace, for relational intimacy with him and others, for spiritual and emotional freedom. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, that he came that we might experience filled to overflowing life. But to experience that life and the freedom that he died to give us, we have to follow as he leads, trusting that that is indeed where he's bringing us, that he is bringing us to a place of peace and joy of relational intimacy and of freedom. What truths really helped you as you're kind of making this 
journey, what kind of helped you just keep moving forward when you felt like you wanted maybe to quit? I knew I was too far in the valley to go back out. But, and Jennifer, I know you talk a lot about feeling with Jesus and inviting him into the process. And I love, I love those phrases. What I've realized through this whole process is that Jesus never left me. He walked with me. He carried me at certain points through the process. I would have never been brave enough to face what's happened by myself. And I'm really thankful for a time last fall where I felt like the Lord showed me. He said, he showed me one morning, and I say showed me in air quotes. I felt like I heard walk through the valley of shadow of death. He's with you. His his rod and staff will comfort you. And when I woke up that morning, I heard, kind of felt those words. And then I felt this go for a run kind of thing, like go for a run. And I'm like, I really don't like running anymore. It's not my thing, but Lord, you want me to go for a run? I'll run. And so I set out and I kept hearing the valley of the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow of death. And I didn't know where I was going. And so as I started running, he says, okay, take a, take a right, go up 30th, go take another right, go up main street. Just, I need you to run a mile. And then you're going to turn around and you'll come back. And so as I was running and I'm looking down, I'm like, I'm turning around in the middle of nowhere, Lord. What, what, what do you want here? And as I turn around, I see that there is a cemetery to my left up on the hill and then to my right down below. And I realize he's taking me through the valley of the shadow of death. And I'm still standing. I'm still running. And he is running with me through it. That was almost like this precursor into what was going to happen, that he was going to lead me through the valley he already has, and that he's going to lead me out on the other side too. He has never forsaken me. And I've read this excerpt on my Facebook at the Church Girl Writes, the whole, that whole section. It just is very, very emotional to me to know that he's always, always been there. You know, and I had a friend one time, she spoke words that were so powerful. I was going through a period where I was hurting pretty deeply and my emotions felt really overwhelming. And it was, it was frightening to me. It was frightening for a couple of reasons. It was frightening because I felt like I couldn't be better. I couldn't do better. And she said to me, she said, if you're feeling this right now, that means that Jesus is right there with you. And what that spoke, just like what you said, but what it spoke to me that he was saying to me, if I'm allowing you to feel this right now, it's because I want to free you from it. Oh, amen, Jennifer. So true. I know, I don't know if you love Corey Ten Boom like I do, but she, she says in the hiding place, some knowledge is too heavy. You cannot bear it. Your father will carry it until you are able. And I really feel like even before I knew who the savior was, he was already there by my side through it all. He journeyed through this valley with me as a small child and turned my face away from what was happening to my body And he gave me the gift of like amnesia, actually, until I was so far away from the place, the time, and the people who could hurt me. And that's 46 years from when it started. And so I've been really fortunate to be able that I've, I've swam in the deep waters of scripture. I'm so thankful that I have a great foundation in scripture to know God is good and God is great. He loves us, but he's also all powerful. And I just love that I can trust him more than the pain that I'm feeling right now. 
I can trust him more than the shame I'm feeling right now because he can turn the worst story, the worst pain into the thing that not only frees us, it frees others as well. You know, and I would say too, if you're, that's a journey as well. So for those who are listening and they're like, I don't know that God is good. I'm angry. Where was he? And, And who are really wrestling with those really deep questions. First of all, I would encourage you, I have a past episode on the courage to face our doubts. And that's an important way where we can really, something a a friend had told me at one time, and she said when she was going through her own period of doubt, and she was really wrestling with God, and she had this image of wrestlers and this realization that you're never closer to a person than when you're wrestling them. So even if God feels distant, because our feelings are, are not often accurate, God remains. And so it's okay to say, God, I am mad. Where were you? Why, why didn't, and we're not going to pretend to have all those answers because some, some questions may not get answered this side of heaven. And so it's okay to walk with God through the unknown to just, when we talk about feeling with Jesus, it's not putting on your happy face and like, hey, everything's awesome. It's like, this is what's raw and real in me. And I'm just going to lay it out there, God. Yeah. Just knowing that he never, he has been, he knows it all. God has been there with you in it, whether or not you knew his name. He is so near the brokenhearted. If you know nothing else about Jesus Christ, know that he knows you. He knows everything. He's never, ever left your side and that he fights for you. He is your advocate. He wants the greatest, the highest, and the best for you. If you get nothing else from this, from me today, I just, I hope that you know that. And if, and if you don't ask him, ask him to show you. And I would encourage you, there's a book that I think is really, really helpful as we learn to process our emotions and it's The Cry of the Soul, and it's by Dr. Dan Allender and Dr. Tremper Longman. And it's a really good book as we work through those emotions with him, just being and giving, giving ourselves time, as much time. Your journey was quick so far. That's not true for everyone. There are some who maybe have been go working through trauma for decades. That is true. My process this season has I've heard it remarked now by my friend who's a psychologist as well as my trauma therapist that this they've never seen someone go quite as quickly as this. And I will say, you talked about um, The Cry of the Soul. Dan Allender, Dr. Dan Allender's book, The Wounded Heart, changed the course of my entire healing. Um, so if you are a person that has childhood sexual abuse in your background, that was, that was a life giver for me. As, a, as someone who was going through the process of uncovering the past. And so I do want to let listeners know, I am going to put both of those books, I'll put them in the show notes so that, that you, can, you can find those as well. And let's just talk about seeking help. Like when we start to uncover some of these things, what are some ways... I think there's a fear in seeking help too. I think there can be a lot of fear related to, first of all, trust issues. 
right? How do I know this counselor, this psychologist is actually going to be helpful? We might fear exposure. We may feel or we might worry that we're more quote unquote messed up than everyone else when the truth is everyone is broken and in need of Jesus. And we might have bought the lie that we can just pray our hurts away when in reality, we need Jesus, absolutely. We need scripture. We need prayer. We also need one another. And most, if not all of us, at some point in our lives, whether we've experienced trauma or not, will need the help of a mental health professional. That's not weakness. That's actually strength and courage and wisdom. And I think we have to be alert to what help is God bringing us and, and just pray through that. We don't want to jump on every relationship that comes our way and every advice that comes our way, but being alert to who is he putting in my life that can, can be like that steady force or that can be somebody who can lead me to somebody who's maybe been there that can help me find help. Yeah, I, I see that, especially with um, my friend who was a psychologist last year. I have huge trust issues just with everybody. And I remember talking with her and going, why does she like me? Why is she talking to me? Like, what is that all about? And I looked down and I saw her necklace. This sounds like a, like a silly story, but bear with me because I looked at her necklace and I knew exactly where it was from. I said, your necklace is silver and it's from Guatemala. I've been in Antigua and you bought it outside of a white walled city where the silver works is, didn't you? And she was like, yeah, no one knows that. How did you know that? I'm like, I have the same one. And she, she went on and told me the story about the necklace and how she bought it. And I was like, is that a God wink Lord? Is that you telling me she's safe? And I really believe that that was him just going, this is the one you can trust. She's going to be helping you along the way. She's going to lock arms with you and she's going to move you in a direction that, that I, I, I kept, I've kept sending you people. <laughs> Did you not see them before? Okay. I'll make it obvious. And so I think a lot of times we look at how is God confirming it? Is God confirming someone or, or a person with a word as you're praying about them or as you're reading the scriptures? And is this something that, you know, we ask, I ask, God, give me confirmation that this is the door to walk through or that this is the per- person to actually partner with. And it's amazing how many times, just over and over, he gives confirmation again and again and again. And for those of us who really don't trust, like I haven't been able to trust my reader on who's good, who's bad. I have found that the Lord has been so good. The Holy Spirit has been so good about making sure I know that this is the person And the confirmation goes, you know, how far do you trust somebody? Well, you give them little bits and pieces to start and you see what they do with what you've offered. And then you look back and go, okay, I'm going to trust you with a little bit more. Those are kind of some of those litmus tests that we use to be able to make sure, especially, you know, when we are becoming spiritually you know, with other people. I also encourage women to be prayerfully self-analyzing because when we've experienced hurts from the past and everybody has, we live in a broken world. We've all experienced some level of hurt. And what happens, we've all experienced some level of relational hurt. 
And that causes scar tissue to form on our heart. It causes distrust to form and, and that can distort our perceptions. And then we enter into every relationship carrying a good deal of baggage. And plus no relationship is perfect. So we have to, at some point, learn how do we process, how do we relate as imperfect people ourselves? How do we relate to other imperfect people who have their own hurts and their own baggage and, and their own faulty perceptions? And we're all deceived, both as as humans, we're deceived as humans, but then we're also deceived due to past hurts. And so we need to be continually inviting God in and saying, Lord, Search me and know me. I love this passage, Psalm 139, 23 to 24. It's something I would encourage every listener to pray consistently. Pray this passage. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me to true and abundant life, Lord. Search the deepest, darkest places of my heart, areas that need healing, areas of deception, areas of faulty perception, areas of distrust. Reveal the lies and begin to replace them with truth. And that's an ongoing process. So we need to pray this prayer consistently and continually if we really want to experience the deep freedom that God has for us. And I think too, again, for those of you who are really struggling, like if just reading scripture makes emotion, especially if you've experienced any kind of abuse connected with spirituality, there's going to be an, an added layer of distrust, an added layer of trigger, you know, emotional triggers. And so first of all, just give yourself some grace, give yourself some time. And when you feel those things, hit pause and say, okay, what's going on here? And even if all you say is, Lord, show me who you are. And if you just keep praying, if you can't pray anything else and you pray that and then just trusting in his timing. He's like, like Lee said, he's fighting for you and he's going to fight for you. And so he's going to take you on this journey. And so let's just talk briefly before we close about just the importance of community in the healing journey. Yeah. I, with, when we talk about the, the community of surrounding our healing, you know, my husband has just been such an amazing guy. I, and along with my, my medical team, I remember one of the things that I, that I needed to do was do something called a glass smash. And it was a therapy. It was a therapeutic way of me getting the pains and the hurts out of me. And so I would write like on a plate, say whatever the lie was or whatever the pain was. And then I was, I would be able to smash it. And I remember I did this. Um, and as I walked out to the garage, I was smashing glass in a big silver bucket in the garage. My daughter gave me a high five and was like, you got this mom. And my son was like giving me a hug and going, all right, all right, today's the day. And I remember my husband had been praying for me. And I went through all of, I bought a bunch of stuff from a thrift store. And it was, I was in the business of smashing it knowing that they were praying for me, knowing that other people, my girlfriends, my ministry partners, I'd asked them to pray for me too that day. And I remember I, I tapped on the door and my husband came out and said, are you okay? And I said, 
I'm all out of glass. And he's like, hold on. And all of a sudden he started getting me like pickle jars and all sorts of jars from out of like condiment jars from out of the refrigerator, emptied and wet. He was emptying out into bowls, all sorts of glass for me to be able to finish what I started. And if that is not healing in community, that's healing with supportive husband and kids praying and high-fiving and people following up with me to text and say, how did it go? How was glass smashed today? Are you doing okay? I was praying all through the day. That was amazing, that was incredible. I wish we had more time to to talk about this because I know some of you listening are like, I don't have that. I don't have that community. That's God's heart for you. So just keep moving forward. Don't give up. Don't self fight the urge to self-protect and keep pressing and feeling with Jesus and, and processing the hurts, getting help as you need it, knowing that's where he's bringing trust. That's where he's bringing you. And like I said, this is a really heavy topic. So I do hope that you will connect with Lee, find her online and, and reach out to her because these are, this is something that really we're not going to solve in a podcast episode. Hopefully we just opened the door for some communication, maybe gave you some hope to know that God is fighting for you. He wants your freedom. He wants your healing. He wants you in a loving connected community. And he is going to steadily bring you in that direction so you can trust in him. So hopefully we gave you some things just to kind of pray through. I appreciate you listening. I would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure to rate it. That helps other people to find it, share it on social media. And in the meantime, again, just know that God's with you and keep walking with him. Bring your questions, your concerns, whatever, your emotions, give it to him. Check out the books that we referenced as well. Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jennifer. It's been great being here. I'm wholly loved. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, Just head over to lifeaudio.com. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name is Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.